0: What's up, everybody? (laughs) What's up, everybody? (laughs) Okay, hold on. What is up, everybody? All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audiovisual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. If you only knew how many times it took me to say that just now, there would be an extra 30 minutes on this episode. But that's the beauty of editing. Uh, I'm here with some wonderful people. Allison, hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm, I'm here. I'm tired, but I'm here.
0: Tired here on a yoga ball. It's a whole thing. Sydney, how are you?
2: I'm so good. It's a great day.
0: So good. So good. We're so happy that it's so good. Neil in his green tint teal. That's Aqua. How are you doing?
3: I woke up from a nap and I didn't know where I was, but I'm here now.
0: (laughs) Neil still doesn't know where he is. He's slowly learning. That is the episode. That's the journey of this episode. Uh, wonderful. We're so happy to have whoever's listening be a part of this with us. Um, Sydney, would you like to open us up in
2: prayer? Yes, I would be happy to. I would.
0: That would be amazing.
2: Yeah, let's pray. Um, dear God, uh, we just come with gratitude today um, for you and... Um, your love and honestly that we just get to get together and talk and be in community whether that is online or in person um it's always just a beautiful place to be um and so I pray that with this time we would have um good and loving and rich healing conversations about scripture um and that we would share vulnerably and authentically and Learn from each other, um, and just grow together. In your precious name, Jesus, amen.
0: Thank you. And Neil, I think you're up in the hot seat first with our new textament, with our new Testament First Peter three. Please talk so that I can stop.
3: Absolutely. I, I will I will talk <laughs> as much as you need me to, more or less. Take um, it away yeah so you know first peter uh chapter three thirteen through twenty two uh my first overall thought well my first like initial thoughts about this passage is uh one i I love uh I actually do really like this passage because there's something uh a bit you know something that is like quite hopeful for it, and you know it has a relatively positive outlook. However, uh, I also got beef with this passage for the exact same reason. So, for example, right, it's like uh, verses 13 and 14. It says, oh, who will harm you if you are zealous for good? But happy are you even if you suffer because of righteousness. Don't be terrified or upset by them. And it's like, it's basically saying, oh, yeah, don't worry. If bad things are happening to you, you're still blessed. Like I saw another translation, the NRSV that said, like basically said that like if bad things are happening to you, if you're being persecuted for being righteous, for being good, don't worry, you're still blessed. And I have beef with that because I'm like, it doesn't feel like it. All right. <laughs> sometimes stuff is happening to you and you're like, it does. not I'm not feeling very blessed right now. You know what I'm saying? Like if people are getting mad at you for doing the right thing doing good stuff, you know, it's like why be mad at me? You know what I mean? Like don't don't mess like don't mess with me at all. Don't persecute me pulling out, you know, biblical language out here. I just feel very, very fervently about that. You know what I'm saying? Like don't tell me I'm blessed. Well I ain't feeling very blessed. It's like the same thing whenever like people in the South always come up, you know, whenever bad things happen to you, and they're always like, the Lord works in mysterious ways you know, God, God's gonna shine through in this moment. And it's like, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. All right. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. You know, well, bad things happen when people die or, you know, like, like whatever, right. You ain't, you ain't feeling very optimistic. So don't, don't tell me that in the midst of it, as much as it's sort of supposed to make you feel better. It doesn't always. All right. Sometimes you just need to be a little pessimistic, uh, but I do appreciate Peter's optimism here. Um, you know, cause later he's talking about like, you know, humility and maintaining a good conscience is that as long as you have a good conscience about the things you're doing, as long as you're basically like, a, I hate to say the phrase, but like, you know, being pure of heart, right. You know, having a good conscience, either, or, um, as long as you're doing that, then in a lot of ways, you'll be okay in the end. So in 17, he says it is better to suffer for doing good, um, and, in C.E.V., ceB uh, this parentheses and it goes if this could possibly be God's will <laughs> close parentheses and even Peter is like yeah suffering could be part of God's will which is like yeah sometimes it might not be sometimes you might just suffer you know what I mean anyway I do promise I love this passage I feel like I've been yelling at it for like <laughs> for like the last few minutes but um. No, it is a good passage. And, you know, later it begins to talk about, you know, Jesus is suffering and then, you know, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. um, And like, you know, the importance of that, the importance of like suffering and like tests and et cetera. Um, yeah, no, very good. And I do as, as much as I have problems with its op with its optimism in some ways um, that's literally just because I'm, I'm in my pessimist season, you know what I mean? So uh, but no, wonderful, wonderful passage. And some eventually these words are going to hit my brain and do mostly good things. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I've talked in the past on one of these episodes about how like I have this friend and he's like a wonderful person. He's very kind and he's very optimistic. But man, anytime anything bad happens for anybody and you tell it to him, he's like god will provide. It's that exact same sentiment, right? When anything bad happens in his life. I mean, he's consistent. Like if something bad happens in his life, still god is going to provide. And like yeah, on on a, on one level, that's like that feels like harmful to me because I feel like um inadvertently people who don't feel god on that level can feel like lesser of a christian because of that. But then on another level, there is a certain part of that that like I want to aspire to feel like, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on every sentiment, Neil, this feels like super optimistic. Um, but I, I mean, I would love to live in this or for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Like, that makes sense. It's like, good will make you feel good. Evil won't. So if you're going to feel bad, you might as well feel bad with a little bit of good. Um I don't know. I, 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 I get the, the hesitation, you know, I guess is the the biggest thing I want to share with this is like, uh, feels very optimistic. Uh, hopefully something I can, we can work towards that's, that's where I'll, I'll end. There. Um, yeah, I'm
2: definitely, I'm definitely with both of you where I have this, I don't know. I feel like that's such a universal and common experience to just like, not like it when people um, are trying to comfort your, like, suffering with, like, well, it's just God. You know, like, I have never heard somebody, you know, be told, like, it's God's plan, so, and then be like, yeah, you're right. Everything feels fine and good. Like, I've never seen that response, and so I definitely feel that. Um, And honestly, for me, like, what this scripture does is give me this big question mark around, like, what is a blessing you know like i i make the joke all like if i'm eating good food i'm like i'm feeling blessed or you know it's a beautiful weather i'm like oh blessed like i i myself use it as kind of like synonymous with like things are good i feel good um this is a good thing but like to me the scripture is saying something completely different like you can be suffering and simultaneously be blessed and so kind of and this is this is literally just a question I don't have an answer um I think that's something that could be interesting to like explore is like what is blessing is blessing like alignment with God's will is it like trusting that we're like a part of this greater good journey you know like what is blessing and what is it really supposed to do for us and um I think that we use this word a lot of different ways and that could be an interesting thing to explore of like the different ways we use that term and what it means but um regardless i think that there is something um i don't know there's something helpful about being able to know that like if you're going through a bad time and feeling bad that doesn't mean that you are outside of the love of God or removed from God's will you know like being able to know that like those two things are not synonymous like having money being rich things being good things being great is not the same thing as like being loved by God and I think that that is something pretty helpful that this scripture does
1: um I don't know that I can add much more um than you Mike or Sydney did already to it but I do want to like pull out that thing you said in the very beginning which isn't really even like specifically verse related but you said i got a beef with like blank um and whether it's verse related or not that like stuck with me for a second because i feel like there are all these so many times where i'm talking about the bible where i'm like i have beef with this or like i take issue with this or like this is calling me out and i don't want to talk about it right now and so just you saying something like that i was like yeah somebody else gets it like some like naming it and kind of like sharing that experience just a little bit i thought was really cool
0: I also want to draw to the the like comparison, especially through what you were saying, Sydney, about how Noah's Ark is like the representation of a baptism. Like that's what this passage is saying, which I think is hilarious when you're thinking of like, um, would the people that were on the Ark think that? Would they? I don't know. There's kind of a lot that went down there. So interesting, interesting that you would say that. Uh, hashtag blessed. Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to let that just carry us right into Sydney with our... Um, as we've said in past episodes, the Old Testament text with air quotes because it's uh, Acts. Sydney, take it away.
2: Okay, I will. Um, acts. I The last three episodes I've been on, I've uh, gotten to talk about an Acts scripture, which is cool. Um, and I appreciate it. Um, But yeah, I think I, whenever Neil was talking about the scripture he was working with, I resonated with, like, there's some stuff in here that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then there's some stuff in here that I'm like, "Eh." like, I feel like I'm very much in alignment with the first part of the scripture. And then at the end is where I'm like, this is challenging. But um, I'm in Acts 17, 22 through um, 31. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But um, I think that what we have here is Paul, um, we have Paul speaking to the people of Athens, and I think Acts, we get this kind of cool arc of, like, um, the gospel becoming something that is because of, like, the Holy Spirit coming, being something that is more inclusive and, like, for everyone, and I think we get a lot of that in Acts, um, And so, and obviously, I'm super here for that. And so I feel like that's, we kind of get this really cool, like, um, verse 22 says, God who made the whole world, well, doesn't say whole, God who made the world (laughs) and everything in it um, is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples made with human hands, um, nor is God served by human hands as though he needed something. Um, Like. I think we get this cool, like, kind of s- subversive, like, God is not equal to our religious practices, and God is not exclusively in um, temples, and God is doesn't exclusively belong to a certain group of people or a certain ethnicity, or like. And I'm so here for that. Um, I think that that's something we need to be reminded of again and again and again especially as christians in america because i think it's so easy to fall into this idea that like we're the only ones that like hold like the knowledge about the divine or something because we are the dominant religious group in our country um we can so easily just kind of like exist in that privilege and in that mindset And so I think that, yeah, we need to be reminded that, like, God isn't just in our churches. Um, And in verse 27, Paul goes on to say, God made the nations so they would seek him, perhaps even reach out to him and find him. In fact, God isn't far away from any of us. Um, In God, we live, move, and exist, as some of your own poets said. We are his offspring. And again, I'm, like, super resonating with." this because i probably land somewhere on like the like if i had to give words to my theology like christian universalist theology where i feel very much that like there's not anything you can do to like remove yourself from god's love and from god's purpose and from salvation like there's not things we can do or not do to move us in and out of this group um and so like yeah I I constantly am reminded of um whenever like years and years ago whenever Gunger was in Jacksonville and we were doing like a Q&A Michael Gunger was talking about God as, like the ocean and like we're fish and it's like it doesn't matter what we call the ocean it's we're swimming in it so like it doesn't really matter what you call it um and that's like I feel like very much the vibe I'm getting from this like God isn't far. We can't like, God is everything, you know? Um, so, But then Paul takes this passage of direction that I feel I have more questions and goes on to discuss um, God's judgment and how God, because of this, because Christ has made himself available to all of us, God's going to kind of judge us by the same standard almost. Um, and almost kind of like we don't ha- none of us have an excuse and that's where i'm kind of like oh okay i don't know um yes but question mark so i would love to hear what y'all have to say about specifically that ending piece but um the scripture all around
3: yeah i uh i love everything that you just had to say uh right there just like the The idea that I mean, I guess to use the word unconditional, you know, that that God's love is just unconditional. There's nothing that we can do to lose it, you know, because you can lose like just about everything else, right? You know, but the idea that there's that there's you know like this divine being out there that legitimately like cares for you and loves you, like no matter what, like that's just um, yeah, that's just a beautiful thought, and yeah, and one of my uh, I think, you know, one of my one of my favorites out of this whole passage, and there's a lot of good stuff in here, you know, in verse 30 in the CEB, it says, God overlooks ignorance of these things in times past, but now directs everyone everywhere to change their hearts and lives. And, you know, then the, then the bit about getting judged and everything is a little, but uh, <laughs> started to poke some things in my past. But, uh, you know, I do, I love in verse 30 like that uh, gives me the idea or reminds me of you know the idea that like it's never too late for anybody to make any kind of changes in their lives you know um there's a singer uh, David Ryan Harris he often tours with John Mayer as like a backing vocalist and guitar player but he has this song called yesterday shutting down and he talks about like the meaning of it and he's basically saying listen y'all y'all don't need a new year's resolution or anything like that to make a change. Like you wake up in the morning and you can make a change in your life. You know, like whoever you were yesterday doesn't have to be whoever you are today. And you can go through however many iterations of yourself you need to. And you get somewhere that you like being. Um, And yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's what this reminds me of. It's like, you know, you'll always be loved and it's never too late to change. Wow.
1: Um, I just want to pull out Sydney, you said, I think it was like in the middle of what
2: you're talking about.
1: I don't mm, Timeline wise, I don't remember. But um, you said God isn't just um, in churches in our churches. And I just want to pull that out and highlight a little more because how important that is. I feel like I hear so many people who are like, you know, I need to begin with God, I need to get into a church, you know. Um, and that is how some people do it best. That's like the best way for them to talk to God and to be with God is to go into a church. But then I also, you know, sometimes it follows up with like, but I don't have time, you know, maybe I work Sunday mornings, or that's my only day to sleep in, and I just can't get up and do it. Um, And I feel in those moments of like, like naming that, like there are other ways to access God than just walking into that church. So like, if you're in that spot of like, yeah, I just really need to reconnect with God, like that is not your only option. And I think it's important just to kind of reiterate that and to put that out there again.
0: Yeah, jumping off of that, the, the you also like touched on the universality of this, which like, I I remember like one of the one of the times in my life where I felt like the biggest presence of like God, and obviously I'm I'm like approaching this from like the aspect of Christianity. But the time where I felt God's presence the most was in um I so I I was like in Turkey a couple of years back, and I was in the Hagia Sophia, which oh I'm, I might mess this up, and then somebody can tell me, but I think it originally started off Muslim. And then Christianity took over the building, the mosque, and then it became, ba- it's like, I think it's back to Muslim now, but it was for a while, it was this like museum type mosque where like, you could see like, where the Muslim, the like, yeah, the Muslim relics were like taken over by Christianity and then the Christianity was taken back off. And they were just, but, it and like, that is all very like forceful and. a, aggressive like the way that that all went down historically I'm sure but like in the modern day it felt very peaceful and like this cohabitation of like two world religions that have massive followings kind of like coexisting in a building for for me anyways and I I felt the presence of my god the most in that space um and I I only I only bring that up to say like I I like sometimes one I like I'm very I get very close to universal salvation sometimes but like when I hear this like thing about the judgment, like the world, the time will come for judgment and everything. I almost want to like think about judgment not as like a, the harsh word that it is, but judgment in the sense of like almost like a diagnostic review or something. Like it's not us being judged and like oh my god harsh, but it's more of like a hey here here's like a couple like facts. We're like we're like close, but like just we're just gonna tweak it just a little, you know. And it's just diagnostics, like for us to like alter our thinking just a little bit we're like close but we're gonna get a little closer like that i don't know um that may be totally off the rails but yeah I, i just really appreciate what you were saying there sydney and i wanted to throw that in there um i am the last one to respond to this message so this is wonderful i took a trip to turkey you don't have enough time to do that in the break we're about to take but you can sure try we'll see you very soon Back. Did you make it? Did you make it to Turkey? You didn't, but you're back for this episode, which is wonderful. Uh, Allison is about to launch us into the Psalms text of the week. Allison, are you ready?
1: Ah, uh, never, but I can do it.
0: Well, I didn't ask Sydney if they were ready, so you don't really get a choice, I guess. Uh, take it away.
1: Derek would say it's my job. I'm just kidding. Um, so. Uh... I always think it's funny when I get the psalms because I feel like I usually start off like very skeptical and negative. And I don't know why, but I just get that way with psalms, which I feel like is like the opposite of what most people do. Um, But I actually kind of like this one. And I don't know if it's just like the season of life I'm in or just like how it resonates with me this time. But I am someone who typically pulls out like my emotions, feelings, thoughts out of things like. I mean, out of the Bible, it's the easiest, I'm a big feeler. So it's the easiest way for me to like identify with things. Um, and so I read this one once and I was like, interesting. And then I read it again. And I think that like, I saw the hope in it. Um, and that'll make more sense in a second. Cause I'm gonna kind of break down a couple of the verses, not really break down, but just talk about it a little more. Um, but I think once I saw the hope in it, it, it started to resonate with me a lot more. Um, I have unfortunately had like, I don't know if unfair is the right word, but it feels un- it feels it feels unfair right now so I'm gonna use it um, an unfair amount of losses recently. Um, like you know, barely grieving one thing before the next happens. and so there's just like a few verses in this where I feel like I'm in a season of life where I kind of feel stuck in those verses, like stuck in similar like, not similar, but like I'll just read them. So 10 through ooh, look at my notes, 10 through 12 reads for you have put us to the test. Oh God, you have refined us as a sliver. You have refined us as silver is refined. You trapped us with a snare. You have laid upon our backs, a heavy burden. You allowed us to be conquered and let our enemies run over us. Um, and so I think it's just like stuck in that season of like, all these things are happening. And like, how can I get out of like this moment of like, wow, everything seems really bad right now. Um. And while I necessarily, I don't, think that like trials are a part of my faith i don't really believe in the whole trials things and that's a conversation for another day if you'd like to have it um i do believe in hope um and so this passage like after it talks about like all these suffering and all the bad things there's more verses that talk about it um it goes down to like the end where it says um oh goodness now i can't find it i lost the verse um, but basically it goes into talking about how um God is there and he was present and he did all the things. Um I'm a little upset with myself because I didn't write the number of that one down and I don't have time to read through the whole thing. Um but it kind of brings in that like hope of like, yeah, you know, you might be stuck and like all these bad things are happening and life kind of sucks right now, but like at some point things are gonna get better. Um And so while I don't necessarily believe in trials and that those are things that were were put through, I do believe in hope. And I do believe having hope to help us get through the hard times. Um, And I see a lot of that in this passage, just like a lot of it um, kind of brought through it, so.
2: Um, Thank you for sharing, Allison. I just dropped my pencil. Um, I think that that kind of interpretation of this psalm means like, even more like knowing that it's coming from someone who's like actively processing and going through a lot. So thank you. Um, and I think that honestly, yeah, I'm like, honestly, the more I've, we've been doing work with Psalms, the more I feel like it really is so telling of like there being so many different ways To respond to different experiences, you know, like, and there being no right or wrong way to to respond to different experiences, specifically with suffering and grief, I think that we do see so many psalms that are just like lamenting um, through grief, but then we see some psalms that are so like hopeful. And I've always felt this need to like, is this right or wrong? But I actually don't think that's like the point at all. To like say if whether response is right or wrong it's just like uh it's it's like um what it uh, so like when it comes to coping like in therapy and stuff they kind of talk about coping mechanisms and how there's not morally right or wrong coping mechanisms but there are some that have more consequences than others right so like if your coping mechanism is watching tv all day long and doing nothing else like that is a legitimate way to calm your nervous system right and like you trying to calm your nervous system isn't bad but there are consequences to watching tv all day every day and we have to like talk about those and figure out other ways to cope right and i feel like that's like kind of how these psalms are where it's like sometimes going needing hopeful language for like our suffering and grief is the kind of coping that we need and what we need um for certain moments and sometimes it's not and so i think having words to help us in those times and to assist us and kind of figuring out kind of what we need um is important and so yeah
3: yeah sydney i love what you said about coping mechanisms to bounce off of that i think and I've talked about this a lot with like just a lot of my friends and also with like, you know, Derek and Haley and whatnot. Um, but, uh, I think the key to coping mechanisms is like having a variety, you know, like, like, like sitting at home all day and like, you know, watching TV or playing video games. And I've had plenty of friends who like, you know, do that. Right. <coughs> Good Lord. What is wrong with me? I'm in shambles. Um, yeah, I've had friends where like their, their coping mechanism is to just stay up all night and play video games, might be playing it by themselves, might be playing with friends. And like, that's all fine and dandy, but like, you know, are you like, what else are you doing? You know, it's like, are are you, I don't know, like, you know, reading books or going on silly little walks around your neighborhood, like exercising or like, you know, whatever. I think, I think everyone needs a variety of coping mechanisms to like really sort of I don't know. I don't want to say like get anywhere, but like just to keep things fresh, you know? Because, and I've had periods in my own life where I only really had one or two. And then when those weren't working as well, I spiraled a lot easier because <laughs> I was like, this stuff, the usual stuff isn't working anymore. And uh, those are tough, those are tough times. But no, I do, I do uh, really appreciate uh, the hopeful language uh, of the Psalms. Um, this one in particular was like very hopeful. And, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's what you need, you know, sometimes you just need it. Other times blind optimism annoys you like it did me, but you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of growth in the last 20 minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Uh, First of all, sorry if I seem a little distracted. I'm recording this in the sanctuary of my church and there's a youth group just running around. So if you hear screaming, that's what that is. Uh, But what I do want to jump in and add is like, um, I just, the more, this is going to seem a little out of left field, but the more that I think we talk about Christianity as as this way of like, there isn't just a right way and a wrong way. There's like all these different paths and all these different ways and all these different coping mechanisms like you're talking about. Like the more we can broaden um, the religious experience or the Christian experience like with Jesus and that relationship and all the ways and shapes that that can take form. Um, that just makes me very hopeful for the future of everything because I, I've just always gone about this thinking. Like if if I'm being told there's a right way and a wrong way to do this like spiritual journey, that's when I feel very shut down and shut off. Right. So, um, sorry, I just hear, heard a lot of that and what everybody was saying underneath. And I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of bring that to light. Cause I think that's, I think that's really important or to, at least is for me specifically. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Um, and that is my beautiful segue into me getting to talk for a little while now. And I'm so sorry in advance. Um, Mike, do you want to, are you ready? I am take it away. Great. Um, So uh, I have John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. This is going to be a little scattered. And I also, I don't feel like I have a full direction yet, but I have thoughts that I'm going to share with you. Um, The title of this kind of chunk of verses, at least in the translation that I'm using is Jesus promising the Holy Spirit. Um, So this is, I mean, I I, I don't, not biblical time-wise, Timeline wise, not sure if this is our first introduction of the spirit, probably not, but this is Jesus saying, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Uh the word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Uh talking about the Holy Spirit. Um and just I wanna I highlight these first verses because um I want. I feel like okay. I feel like this chunk of verse can be used to basically say, "Hey, love Jesus, love Jesus. It's gonna like do do the thing. Love Jesus." Um, But on a broader sense, I just wanted to question like, if maybe it's not just about loving Jesus, but this is offering an example of like God saying, "Hey, we in this world, in this life that I've created, we reward the behavior of." loving like just the act of loving that is an act that will be rewarded so hey if you love me this is what you're going to receive you're going to receive another advocate the spirit of truth truth more specifically being that hey love is good and we do all the things through love um i hope i hope that makes sense um i read this like little chunk that somebody else was writing about where they say in the book of john um john is always asking the question of in what ways did i or did i not love today and then as you reflect on that or as readers of john reflect on that question of in what ways did i or did i not love today then um lies that kind of that sentiment i mentioned earlier where it's not about um the, well i mean yes we're we're, we're going to use the word judgment but judgment is not like this sort of Uh, how dare you, you feel bad about yourself sort of judgment. It's a, again, I'm going to use the word diagnostic sort of judgment where it's like, oh, I can now clock how I did or did not love today. And then I can move forward with that in mind and knowing what that looks like for me. Um, And yeah, I think that question is really powerful. In what ways did did I not love today? Past that, I want to talk about just the idea of spirit of truth, because I think for some people, Holy Spirit is like, an experiential things, what thing, whether that be speaking in tongues or like a feeling in worship. But then for other people, and this is the category I would put myself in, um, it's kind of this category of like Christian where I feel content with this sort of vague understanding of what this what it means to feel the spirit. And I do find myself sometimes living in jealousy because of that because I hear other people feeling like the spirit is ever present in their lives. And then I, I feel like, well, why don't I get that feeling? And that sort of vague feeling that I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it's kind of there sometimes starts to make me feel resentful. Um, And like, I don't know if that ties back into this idea of like how in what ways did I or did I not love today? Well, I didn't love it when other people make me feel like crap about my spiritual life. Nobody's doing that intentionally, but just something that I kind of clock and wanted to say. Um, But in this passage, it the scripture specifically, I think I just read it, but I'm going to read it again. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And um, I talked about this a couple episodes back, but this, when the Bible tells me like I already know something that I personally don't feel like I know, it's actually not frustrating for me. It makes me feel really good because then I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I already know that. Like somewhere, somewhere deep down, I like understand what I'm very frustrated about. Um, and it just, get, I don't know. Okay. It feels like a promise to me that like I don't need to do as much work to figure out the thing that I've been trying to figure out. Like the thing that frustrates me, the thing that hurts me, which is me feeling like my spiritual connection isn't as strong as others. That's not something I actually need to like really care about. I mean, yes, there's something to be said for doing work on your like spiritual life, obviously, Um there's different things we can do to strengthen that. But I do feel like this promise of, but you know it, for it lives with you and will be within you. Um, There's something comforting about the Bible telling me like, Hey, if you're a believer, you already know this and it'll come. I promise. It's kind of like an innate feeling. Um, I don't know if any of those things make sense or track. um, And maybe that's just my insecurity talking and they really all connect very well. I'd love for you all to tell me.
1: Was not paying enough attention because I was thinking about all the things you just said and didn't realize I was supposed to go first. <laughs> with that being, I don't know that I had enough time to process all the things, Mike. Um, I think that's going to sit with me for a little while and I'm going to have to like take nine business days to like actually fully comprehend what you just said because it, it just sounded, it was, I don't know, it just like my mind, I definitely was like lost in a thought just now and I was like, oh, it's my turn and I'm just not ready to fully
2: verbalize it yet. I actually relate to that a lot, Allison. I'm literally like jotting things down, trying to like. But I, um, I really. So you've mentioned this twice in this talking, kind of about judgment. As how do you how do you articulate that? Like the judgment as like,
0: uh, like di- diagnostic is the word that keeps coming to my brain.
2: Yes, and I like at first it kind of hit my brain, and I was kind of like, yeah, 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 um, and. I think I probably didn't want to think about it too hard because I have a hard time with the idea of judgment in general. But then the more I'm thinking about this in the context of the scripture, it's really like, it's doing something for me. Like, (laughs) it really is because I think that like, so I feel like in scripture, we so often see like the Holy Spirit kind of talked about in context of like community and like communal kind of like imagery. And um, in verse, where does it say this? sorry oh yes in verse 20 um on that day you will know that i am in my father you are in me and i am in you um and then kind of like talking about the commandments in the context of like this holy truth and this spirit that connects us to the father to jesus to me to you and to me that is so like And I mean, I have to be honest, like I'm, I'm really into restorative justice and a lot of the work of abolitionists and this idea that we have to shift the way we're thinking about, um, like carceral, um, thinking in our society with prisons and, and that we have to move from a structure of punishment to a structure of restoration and healing and it's like that to me is like this direct line to like we're not holding each other accountable because we need to punish each other we're doing it because i'm in you and you're me and we are together and we kind of create the ecosystem of like a healthy society together right um and so yes that really just like tickled my brain
3: yeah um I had a thing I was gonna say and then I got distracted with the uh, I'm I'm in you and you and me or no you you are in me and I'm in you that line because it's a line in a worship song. And then I was like, oh, what's that song? And then I was like, oh, all those things I was gonna say. Yeah, they're not in my brain anymore. Fantastic. Anyway, I I love everything all of y'all have said, even though I have forgotten it all. Uh, I just remember hearing your words and I was like, oh yeah, those are good words. So I'm going to talk about what I liked about the passage. I, once again, there's a lot of, a lot of hope in a lot of these, these verses, which is which is quite good because I feel like leading up to like the Lenten season and everything was just a little bit, a little bit grim, <laughs> but things are, uh, things are a little bit more on the hopeful side now. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate the sort of, you know, in, in the CEB verse 18 says, I won't leave you as orphans. Like I will come to you. And there's just a lot of like, it's going back to, you know, that unconditional love, right. Of just like, Hey, like, you're going to be all right. And I'm going to come help you out. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to leave you alone. Now I'll never leave you alone. And I will always be there for you. And yeah, I don't know, just really appreciate that. And, sort of what i need in this in this current season
0: sydney i want to talk about that forever (laughs) what you mentioned about just like our society and judgment punishment versus like actual like rehabilitation doesn't matter that's like not the topic of this episode but it should be it could be and it needs to be at some point um all that being said thank you all for responding to that and um for all your work in general, I'm just going to close this out in prayer real quick because uh, that's that's what we do here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this, this is us praying. Um, God, thank you for bringing us all here together and to discuss work that sometimes feels hopeful and sometimes feels so hopeful that it frustrates the crap out of us. Um, and that's okay. And we embrace it because um, in your word, there's, there is good and there are lessons and there are things that we can gain from this that can help us, um, work towards what, yeah, this idea of love and all the things that we see, um, potentially through, um, what you have to offer and what we want to share to the world. So thank you as always for these wonderful words, uh, and the challenges that always come with them. (laughs) We embrace it, uh, in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, brother Ben shot a rooster killed a hen is the thing that they always said at my redneck church back in Florida Um, that's all I got for you guys today that's all we all have for you all today I don't remember how I normally end these episodes so until next time cliffhanger this has been Studio Wesley Annex bye